You're listening to another episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Welcome to Small Business Saturdays, the Small Business Saturdays podcast with your host and my husband and my dad, Aaron Montgomery. Join the conversation. Let's talk some business. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome into Small Business Saturdays. I am actually coming to you from Kylene's yoga studio and office here. And we just got back from Dax, Kansas City last night and haven't got all my computers and stuff set back up again after taking the studio there to, to do a content workshop. So my name is Aaron Montgomery and you can find me at oursuccessgroup.com. Hopefully everybody's having a good morning here and excited to share with you guys today about why we need a niche. So we've talked about niche marketing specifically actually on Small Business Saturdays three times. Back away in the past, we talked about how to find your niche in October of 2018. We talked about the profile of your ideal customer in February of 2019. And then we talked about attracting the right customers in March of 2019. But this whole concept of niche marketing, having a niche comes up quite a lot in many, many other conversations that I have. We talk about it all the time over there on Two Regular Guys podcast. And we even have a training or two devoted to this very topic in our success group. So for small businesses, really finding a niche and identifying your ideal customers is, is one of the most crucial projects a small business has to take on. And I believe this is almost a make or break type scenario. But what I've discovered is most small businesses can't stomach that idea. They think they're going to limit themselves and that they need to be everything to everybody. But if you've listened to me for long enough here, you know that when you try to be everything to everybody, you end up being nothing to nobody. But the thought is that we have to bring out all the business we can from anywhere and then just see what sticks. But the reality is, is this just isn't feasible. You can't do it. If you're thinking that you're going to do that and that's how it's going to work, you're basically basing your business success on getting lucky and for me, that's not a business strategy that I want to use. So I, I want to base my entire business success around getting lucky. So today I want to look at and kind of getting all the <laughs> stuff figured out here. So um, what, what I want to look at for you guys is why we need a niche and then talk a little bit about our human decision making process, as well as dispel some myths about, you know, um, how difficult it is to find a niche and, and how much of a challenge that can be. So that's what I want to talk with you guys about today. Uh, good morning to everybody checking in. Good morning to Jerry and Chuck and Ramona. Thank you guys so much for being here. I'm excited to talk to you guys all today about finding a niche. And Ramona, by the way, it's great seeing you in Chicago. And uh, thanks for all the great conversations that we had and, and uh, really was great to see you again. So um, all right, so let's let's do that. That's what we're going to do today. If that sounds great, good for you guys. Um, one thing before that, though, I, I wanted to share with you guys the next opportunity to unlock your potential, and uh, that's happening on May 13th at 6 p.m. Central Time. So uh, here's a little introduction that Kylie and I put together about unlock your potential. Hi, I'm Kylie, and I'm Aaron from our Success Group. We understand that feeling of knowing something is holding you back. Are you watching others succeed and wondering what they have that you don't? There's a secret locked away inside of each of us, yet we never think about fixing it because it has to be something external from ourselves. It is the limiting belief that everyone wants to just push aside and try to hustle and grind harder to get there. But the truth is, those limiting beliefs are keeping you from asking for help or doing the action needed to move your business forward. The sooner you can identify what's holding you back, the sooner you will start achieving your goals. Head on over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash unlock and click the turquoise button, learn the magic to unlock your potential. We hope you make this investment in yourself and unlock your potential so you can find more meaning and success in your life. All right, so there you go. There's a little more information about Unlock Your Potential. We'd love to have you in the next class coming up on May 13th at 6 p.m. Central Time. 
And uh, if that particular time doesn't work for you, we host these every month and we move the times around to different days and times so we can hopefully have a day and time that works for you and your schedule. So just go take a look over there at oursuccessgroup.com forward slash unlock and uh, look forward to seeing you there. All right. So back to niche marketing here, Now back to why having a niche is so important for our business. And I guess the best place to start is to figure out how our brains work a little bit here. And um, so in 2000, researchers from Columbia and Stanford universities, two pretty prestigious universities, they were looking at consumer choices at the grocery store and they wanted to answer a question and, and a pretty simple question, but um, one that really helps us understand how our brains work. And so they wanted to find out if having more choices equaled more sales. And again, having more choices equaled more sales. That's the very specific thing that they were trying to find out. So what they ended up doing is they set out a display that had 24 jams on it. So jellies, jams, think about that, right? So 24 different jams on it. They set out that display and then they also had another display that had only six varieties of jam on it, right? And they did it very scientifically. They controlled for the time of day and, and many other variables. And uh, there's a whole paper about this. So if anybody wants to see that, I can share the link, but they did this. So they had a really good representation of data about the question, do more choices equal more sales? Right. So after they ran this research, they determined that 60 percent of people that walked by the display that had 24 jams on it actually stopped. So um, all, all of those varieties and 24 different jams uh, made people stop 60 percent of the time. And then two percent went on to actually make a purchase from that. And those numbers were actually pretty good for the store. They were getting more people to stop. And, and so looking at that and man, that's pretty good. Okay. But over at this display with just six jams, only 40% of the people that walked by that one actually stopped. So it, at first glance, you go, oh, well, more choices is better, right? And the 24 jams was the winner. But remember the question that they were trying to answer is, does it equal more sales? And as a business, our goal is not get, just to get leads or potential customers to stop by and look or you know kick the tires, so to speak. Our goal as business owners is to make sales. And that was also the goal. That was also the question they were trying to answer with this uh, study that they did. So when we go back to our display with only six jams, now they had 40% of the people that walked by it stop, but of those 40% of people that stopped, 30% of the visitors actually bought something compared to 2% with the 24 jams. So the customers with limited choices are, are just more motivated to purchase something. Now, as a business, this information is really crucial for us. Um, would you rather be trying to coordinate and sell to and manage thousands and thousands of potential customers who buy at a very, very small rate? Or would you rather be working with a very small number of ideal customers who are ready to buy more quickly because they're not overwhelmed with all the choices, right? Working with those ideal customers who are, who are ready to buy you are no longer required to be the ultimate salesperson. You can now be an order taker because it's clear and they want to buy. So I know what my choice would be in that scenario, but curious, what would you guys prefer? Would you prefer thousands of potential customers at a 2% rate or maybe hundreds of customers at a 30% buy rate? I know what my choice is, but curious to know what yours are. All right. <clears throat> So hopefully that proves to us that our brains really, when we're, we have so many choices, we have so much, so many options, <coughs> we tend to go, nope, that's not going to work for us. And the challenge for small business owners is this 
choice here to really focus on one very specific customer is actually very counterintuitive for us. We think that for growth, we need to be attracting more and more people, but the opposite is actually true. We need to become more efficient by niching down so we can create more sales, not create more leads who will likely not become customers. So then we're spending all of our time with potential people who will not become customers instead of spending more of our time with actual customers and growing and building with them. So when a potential customer is posed, right, they, they, they get the, you know, when you take the big, huge catalog of all the different options and you stick that in front of them, they have too many choices. And what happens in their brain is that lack of clarity, that excessive amount of choices tells them to move along because the potential output of energy and resources that your brain, that their brain's going to need to use to make that decision far outweighs any benefits or potential dopamine hits that they're going to get because of doing business with you. So our brains are wired to save energy, right? And when we think about energy, we think about going out and jogging and running and stuff like that. But just the, the difficult decisions, the thinking, the even the what do you want for dinner, right? That requires energy. Our, our calories that are burned throughout the day, a big chunk of them are actually burned based on our mental processing and what our brain needs. And so our, our brain goes well if I can save energy, that's going to be better for me. We, we, that's, and, and so that seems very counterintuitive to us. On the flip side of this, our brains are actually wired to spend until it hurts. And, and if there's so many choices and so many competing niches or communities or different types of things where when we are buying something, we want to have that feeling of, oh, it just feels right. Where we drop our guards and we buy without question. Pricing goes right out the window. How do we make it less painful for people to buy from us? And the best way to do that is to narrow down the choices, narrow down who you're working with, get very clear about who your community is. And then those people can come in and buy more quickly and easily. But what plays out for us as decorators, people in the decorating community here is we really struggle to find a niche because the reality is everyone wears a t-shirt. Everyone wears something, right? It's not necessarily always a t-shirt, but I would say at some point in everybody's life, they've at least worn one t-shirt, right? And I think most people would need a coffee mug, right? Um, a lot of people would be in need of many of the potential products that we can provide. And on top of that, you can decorate a nearly unlimited amount of items, right? You can decorate shirts, you can decorate mugs, you can decorate hoodies, you could decorate tumblers, you could decorate hats, you could decorate signs, you could decorate stickers, mouse pads, ornaments, flags, jerseys, name badges. The list goes on and on and on and on and on, right? And there's always that new shiny object out there. Oh, DTF. Oh, wow, look at that. Oh, this is interesting, right? And that shiny object, there's that new piece of equipment that could be the next magic bullet for you. But people that have a very clear niche and they speak to that niche without question, they don't have problems trying to decide what products to offer. They don't have problems deciding what social media platform they should focus on. They don't have problems about what copy that they should add to their social media posts. Because when they have that very clearly defined niche that they speak to without question and, and they have much clarity around that, all of those answers to those questions are informed by their niche, right? So the products that you offer are the products that your niche needs. The social media platform that you focus on is where your niche resides, where they spend most of their time. The copy that you add to your social media posts is you having a conversation with that one person that is your ideal customer, that is your niche, right? So 
when we have all that clarity around our niche, then everything becomes so much easier. And choosing to not have a niche is a total recipe for disaster in our industry. I, to me, there's no question about this. You have to differentiate your business. Otherwise, you risk becoming a commodity, right? This is a very competitive marketplace in a lot of ways. There, there's a fairly low barrier of entry for new people to come into our industry all the time. I hear this complaint from decorators daily. Oh, the person next door got a cricket. The, you know, there's so much competition. But the reality is there's plenty of business. It has nothing to do with the fact that there's not enough business out there to be had. The, the fact of the matter is they don't know how to clearly define themselves. So now they're competing on price with the person that's got the cricket next door and has no idea how to price their products. Right. And that probably won't be in business more than six months, but they got to deal with it for six months. And so when we risk becoming a commodity by making price our lowest common denominator, that's where we get in trouble. And without having a niche, I don't know how else you can compete, right? When you're trying to be everything to everybody, you can't. And so you become the lowest common denominator, which is the price, right? So we actually talked about this um, in more detail, commodity versus singular supplier. You want to be a singular supplier to your customers. Uh, this was back in March of 2018 when, when that episode went live. Um, but it's been released out to the podcast world. If you want to go to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com, you can check that episode out in June of 2019 was when it was released to the podcast world. So again, smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com to check that out. If you're listening on the podcast version, just go on back and, and uh, check out that episode from June of 2019. So, all right. With all this, I know it can feel really daunting. I know um, catering to a niche and finding one is something that a lot of people are challenged with, and it seems very overwhelming. But the reality is, by catering to a niche and finding one, it, it's not as complicated as it seems. Yes, everyone wears a t-shirt at some point in their life. But I've discovered that there are five common areas that decorators who succeed at finding a niche tend to focus on, right? They, their, their niche comes from kind of defining some things out of these five different areas. And, and you don't have to just choose one of these five categories and pick from that. In fact, what you'll probably find yourself doing is, is going, Oh, well, I have a, I have a space that feels really good in this one and a space that feels really good in this one. And I can combine all those together to make my unique niche. Right. And, and that's ultimately what you're, you're trying to do. You're not trying to re recreate the wheel. You're really just trying to find out how you fit into the marketplace, what, what your strengths bring to the table, how you can best serve a customer base that you connect with, and, and that's what finding a niche is. So let's quickly talk about these five areas first, and then we'll talk about some, some ways to kind of better discover this, all right? So the first kind of category that people find their niche from is by determining who the actual customers are. They choose a very specific niche customer base. You know, they, they look at things like, who are the people you're going to serve specifically? And this is not a broad group. It's not like, oh, I'm going to uh, be focused on the niche of sports, right? That's a broad, broad group. When, when we talk about finding a customer group that you're going to focus on as your niche, you want to get down specific, as in detailed as possible. And so maybe if, if kind of the sports category is your thing, you know, I just use an example from from me, right, that that might be worthwhile because I am connected to volleyball. So your niche actually might look more like youth, girls, indoor volleyball clubs, right? That's a very specific group, right? So what are some of the specific groups that you guys have out there? I'm, I'm curious to know. Let's see what comments we got coming on here. Um <laughs> Hey everyone, Aaron here real quick. Sorry for the brief interruption. If you are getting anything out of Small Business Saturdays, please head over to oursuccessgroup.com forward slash SBS. 
We're going to send you some free resources and give you some more information about our success group and how we might be able to help your company even more. Thanks for tuning in. Now back to the podcast. All right. Chuck chose less tire kickers and more sales. Good. High five, Chuck. We're on the same page. Um, and Chuck says too many choices equals overwhelming. Um, Ramona says, I always hated that question. What do you want for dinner? <laughs> Just pick something. <laughs> yes. And good morning, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. All right. So back to the customer's thing. So getting very specific down to a very specific type of customer, right? So thinking about like, again, the difference between thousands and thousands of potential customers to hundred really good customers that are buyers, right? Because we take off the word potential and we want, you know, a hundred really good customers or maybe just a thousand, if, depending on, on as, as your business grows, but customers, not potential customers. So where's a place where you can find customers and then very specifically um, define that, excuse me. All right. So that's number one, another category or, um, differentiator that you can look at are the techniques that you provide, right? What are you really good at making, doing, and what do you really enjoy doing, right? So maybe you're super efficient at production. You're just, I mean, you can get in that zone and just crank stuff out. And as long as orders are coming in, machines are running, you're, man, you're, you're kind of the rock star of that thing. So your niche might be uh, contract work, right? Wholesale work for very that very specific technique that you're really good at, right? Or maybe you've perfected the process for creating sublimation memorial plaques from start to finish, meaning um, template all the way into artwork and, and completed product. And you, you're really good at them. They always come out bright, vibrant, beautiful. You have a super low spoilage rate and... So your niche might be local funeral homes or, or, or funeral homes in general. And, and then kind of what areas your, your personality jives with, right? But you're kind of breaking it down into the techniques that you're good at. Another category or way to kind of break down our niche might be a technology-based program. Maybe, you know, maybe you have systems and processes that in place that make you stand out from the rest. Because ideally, that's what finding a niche is all about, is how can you stand out from everybody else in that niche, right? And so maybe it's your ability to set up fundraiser stores quickly, and then you give them all the details that they need to market those stores and create more money for their causes, right? So your niche could be those fundraisers, but then you're going to break that down into the customers, right? Which particular fundraisers really speak to you, right? So then now you've got a much better opportunity to get into that niche. All right. And then fourth here are services. You know, what, where do you fall into the different services? Um, you, you can serve a specific market or a customer better than anyone else due to things like your location, relationship, packaging, et cetera. You know, so thinking about things like graphic design, fulfillment, your, your love of a special specific type of group or organization that you will serve with this huge open heart at all times and, and do what they need to be successful, right? So breaking that down, that, that service, the services you can provide either from an actual service, like I said, like a um, graphic design fulfillment, that kind of thing, or where customer service comes super easy to you because you're, you're really all about the relationships in that, right? Um, so looking at some of those things, and that's fourth. And then fifth, it could be marketing, right? The category could just be marketing, right? Your business could become a brand unto itself. And, and this could be everything from the educational content, right? So Todd Downing, for example, with Fat Dad Wholesale, you know, his, his kind of niche has been from the education side of it. The people he serves are the people that show up to Tuesdays with Todd to learn and see him try. And, you know, and, and so he's able to support them outside of what he's teaching them on the education side, then when they get into a project that they need help with, now they can come to him and he can print them transfers or stickers or banners or all those different things 
Um, but that could be a niche unto itself. And maybe it's you've, your brand is about the imagery or, or just that, right? So people that are attracted to what it is that you offer you, if you're somebody that's a, a potential influencer or you, you know, you've got a following, well, your niche might be the people that follow you and, and just get really clear and understand about who they are as people, right? Um, think about a company like uh, Johnny Cupcakes. If you haven't uh, heard of Johnny Cupcakes, I think as decorators, he's a use case that we all need to be, be really familiar with because he's created a brand around being a t-shirt provider, right? He, he sells pretty basic one, two, three color shirts at $35 a pop and he sells out constantly and he's created a brand. People tattoo his logo on their bodies for crying out loud. So if you've not heard of him, go look up his story, but, but that's a marketing specific niche. So thinking about something like that. All right. So let's see what we've got here. And so Jerry says hockey school alumni. All right. And so kind of getting into that, getting that much more specific and just focusing on one area at a time there, Jerry, I think would be great. So figuring out how, how that falls. And again, going back to the beginning, and maybe I didn't share this already, but I know I've shared this a lot of times when we're talking about our, our niche, it has nothing to do with the business that you will take, right? It has everything to do with the brand message, where you're talking, all, all of the things that you're saying, and what you're focused on bringing in. If you're focused on bringing in, in Jerry's case, I'm just going to use hockey here, Jerry. If you're focused on bringing in hockey stuff, oh, and the football team happens to go, yeah, I'd also like shirts, and it and, and you can sell them to them at the price that you need to be successful, then absolutely you're going to do football shirts. But your message, your outbound message is going to be all things hockey, right? You're going to share with people, the hockey schedule, you're going to tips and tricks. Maybe you'll have a blog about um, why you need these products for hockey or something along those lines, right? So getting into the specifics of those things. So I love that. All right. Thank you, Jerry, for sharing. Um, Jennifer, my biggest niche right now are local women-owned businesses, right? So all of your message, Jennifer, is going to be about women-owned local businesses, how you can support them, Perfect. So that, that's a very specific niche that that Jennifer can very easily become. In fact, I know that she already is the very best in that space. Right. Nobody else in her community speaks and serves women owned businesses like she does. And that's what a niche is right now. I'm above the noise. I'm the best in my space. And if you can't get to a point where you're the best in your space, then the the fix is not to, to work harder, right? Yes, that is something you want to do. So I'm not saying don't work harder to become the best in your space. But if you can't get to a point where you believe it's possible for you to become the very, very best in that space, to stand out, to be the person that everybody goes, yep, I go to Jennifer if I'm a woman-owned business in my area of Indiana there, right? So if you can't get to that space in, in the niche that you're currently serving, then you just need to niche it down further. <laughs> and, and I know that seems crazy to make your base even smaller, but the reality is once you become the best in that space, then attractions start happening. Then other things start coming in, right? Then the hockey team talks to the football coach about the great service that you did. Then the woman-owned business uh, talks to her husband at night who happens to be involved in another business that maybe is not directly in their local community and they need products, services, shirts, et cetera, too. And, oh, well, Jennifer is amazing. She's the best in the space. So you should work with her too, right? And that's how then it starts coming in. Um, so anyhow, that's how a niche works. I love it. Um, all right. Ramona says, I have five categories I want to focus on with my shirt transfers, memorial, um, people and pets, organizations, family groups, fun shirts. 
Awesome, Ramona. I, I think it's fantastic. I would, if, if, if it were my business, and again, this is just my opinion, so take it for what it's worth, I would focus, pick, pick one of those five things that is most important to you, that you can be most filled up by, um, that, that you, you know, if things went in the crapper uh, tomorrow, that you would still be so in love with that space that you would weather through that storm and come out the other side, right? So pick one of those things, focus on that, get really good at it, become the best in that space, get to that point where you've just, you feel like you've made it and then, okay, now let's go to number two and do the same thing, right? So don't, don't try to be all of those things at one time would be my suggestion. So again, take that for what it's worth. My suggestion, you might be able to pull it off and, and more power to you. But I think it'll be a lot easier in my mind if I just focused on all of my messages about the memorial, the people, the pets, the organization. Right? When, when we try to do too many things at one time, we can't get clearer and we can't get to that point where our message is very clear all the time because it's constantly changing. I've got to talk to this person about that thing. I go, oh gosh, and then, oh, well, what is this person doing, right? And then if I'm just like, this is what I'm talking about all the time, every time you talk about it, you get better at it. So when, but when you're switching things up, you have a hard time because it's like, mm, this, yeah, okay, maybe, yeah. And so, yeah, there we go. All right, perfect. Thank you, Ramona, for sharing. Happy Sunday, Michael. Thanks for being here. Um, <clears throat> are awesome. That's great. And again, Ramon, I, I'm, I'm sharing my opinion from, from my experiences. And, uh, I think you're, you're really good at what you do. So just, just keep at it and, um, and go from there. So my pick is the first one. I have an overwhelming need to comfort people. There you go. So, uh, I kind of, <laughs> just as I was reading those, I'm kind of going, yeah, that that's the one. And I figured you kind of wrote it down first because it was first because I just see that in you. Yeah. And, and what'll happen is that then will evolve your, your message because it'll come from that space. And then you'll be even better at the organizations, at the families and groups, at the fun shirts, because the fun shirts are fun because they're comforting, right? The families or group groups come to you because you you're able to just make them feel comfortable with you. Right. And, and so it all just kind of spawns off of that. I love that. I love it. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, Beth says my niche has been embroidered headwear, but now I've found it to be more focused on ranchers as someone who has livestock. I better understand what their needs are. Exactly. So there, Beth, you're, you win the prize. No, you guys all win the prize, but Beth, I, I love this because you, you've done this exactly right. You said, okay, here's my niche. I'm focusing on it but it feels a little cloudy still, right? And there, there's still some, okay, yeah, headwear and embroidered headwear specifically, that's a pretty good targeted niche. But then when you start dealing with people that maybe you don't connect with or understand as much, that conversation with them becomes much more difficult. There's not as much clarity. And so then you go, okay, well, I'm having a hard time becoming the very best in this particular niche. So let me take it down one more level. And again, not down in a negative way. Let me take this down into one more. So we're going down the funnel, so to speak. So now we're a little tighter in here. Now we've got ranchers. Now for you to be the very best in your space with ranchers and embroidered headwear, you know, like you said, you understand them. You have livestock. You, you know what they talk about. You, you know what's important to them. You know why the headwear matters from both a functionality and image perspective for them. Right? Where other people who aren't, you know, a city slicker, so to speak, <laughs> um, I have had livestock and I did ride in a rodeo. So I'm <laughs> just now live in the city. Um, all right. So awesome stuff. Thank you, Beth, so much for sharing and uh, congratulations to you. That's really awesome. All right. So for the rest of us uh, that, that are, are still continuing to refine down, um, you know, those five potential categories are, are th I think are a great place to start. And you kind of have a framework to use to kind of determine your niche. But I don't want you to panic if your niche is not popping out because 
the reality is when we first start thinking about a niche, we go, oh, well, I, you know, example would be I do B2B printing, but that's not necessarily a niche. It just feels like it, right? Oh, the niche of business to business. But let's get more specific about that. A niche is more we create branded merch for small businesses in our local community, like Jennifer was talking about, local women-owned businesses so that they can focus on their business and leave the swag part to us, right? So that's what a niche is because it's a very specific group that you serve and why you serve them, right? So the real rubber meets the road when you, you find that consumer base that has an unmet need and then focus on serving that customers. I'm sorry, that those customers. Wow, words are not coming out. I, I spoke so much over the last two days that all my words are, are coming out funny. All right, um, so we're focused on serving those customers, right? So, and unmet need is really not as challenging to find as we think it is. We just have to stop trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, we, we, we can simply define our niche by a couple of different things. So first, getting clear about what you do and not all that you could do, right? So when we go, well, what, what do you do? Well, I embroider, I screen print, I do and oh, and I can buy from ASI or, but, and we all, not what could you do, but what is it that you love to do and could position yourself as the best at it in your niche, should you focus persistently on that and stop chasing every shiny object, right? Yes, maybe you need multiple tools to do things. Maybe you do are an embroiderer and a screen printer, right? And because your customers are demanding that, but what is it that you do, right? You, you're not an embroiderer, you're not a screen printer, you're a provider of something. You solve some problems for somebody. All right. So that that's the first thing. What do you do? Secondly, who do you serve? Who are the people or types of people that you love to be around and would love to wake up every single day and work with daily? Right. Jennifer, your example is really fantastic. And I'm going to keep going back to that. So thank you for putting that out there. But right. You know, Jennifer is a woman owned business herself. And and so meeting those needs of other women owned businesses really light her up. When, when I had a chance to talk to her there in Chicago, Tinley Park yesterday, it was yesterday, the day before, um, every time she talked about that kind of stuff, there was just a different level of, of lighting up. She's already an amazing person that's already lit up. But when she got to that level and, and those types of things, you could just see that light up. So that's who you serve. And then the next thing to get clear on is that unmet need that you help with. And the problem with finding these unmet needs a lot of times is that they're so simple that it almost seems silly, right? But again, our brains are wired to save energy and be comfortable. So what is outside of their comfort zone that is inside your comfort zone that you help them with? You know, maybe you could design stuff all day long and, and come up with these really great concepts from you know, a sketch or just an idea that somebody gave you, right? And so maybe that's the unmet need that you solve for them. Or maybe you're really good at helping them go narrow down that big product catalog into, okay, tell me what your need is. Great. Here's three options that I think could be the right product for you. And, and, you're, always, and you're always getting that comment like, wow, yeah, that, that's perfect. You read my mind, right? That kind of thing. Or maybe it's, you know, you're, you're really good at the potential fundraising stuff. So you can give them the tools to be able to raise more funds. That's an unmet need. Um, you know, maybe you're good at being a cheerleader and, and, and kind of helping them get excited about representing the cause or the community. Right. And by, by being that really good cheerleader, by um, really helping them get excited about that, then you're able to give them the tactile objects they need. You're, in a way, you're giving them the pom-poms, right? But in, in your case, it might be shirts, mugs, stickers, et cetera. Or maybe you are really good at being a part of your community, being involved, right? You're kind of the de facto mayor without being the mayor, so to speak, because you know everybody and you're, you're involved in all those things. Well, 
your need is connecting those with the sorry the unmet need you feel is being able to connect those people being able to help them become more part of the community and things like that and and again we just take the products that we offer and the services that we offer and we turn those into tactile things that people can own and and be proud of right and then the last step in this process here is just to then define your strategy how are you going to stay focused on that niche where are you going to talk about it how are you going to show up and and be you know so in in best case um it's you know where are the people that own livestock where are those ranchers at where are they congregating right and that's where you're going to end up talking about it you got to put yourself in the middle of that space you know how are you going to become the best in that space so serving a niche is is primarily about being in the right place for your customers it's saying and doing the right things for them and understanding exactly how you can help them right just like Beth said as someone who has livestock I better understand what their needs are, right? So understand exactly how you can help them. She knows what their needs are. And then from there, then you're going to form that strategy. We need to stop focusing on so much of what our customers might buy from us, right? What are the things? What are the, you know, all of that. And really instead focus on answering the question of why customers might buy from us. So Stop worrying about the what. Stop going out there and saying, do I need this other piece of equipment? Oh, you know, I, I, I could do this. And focus on the why, because why customers buy from you will then indicate the what. Like, I, I've had conversations with folks that are like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. And then I say, okay, well, what, what kind of equipment do you have? Well, I can do this. Okay, well, the equipment you have cannot help you focus on that niche. It cannot help with that particular thing that you light up about, but yet that's what they have because they went out there and somebody said, here's the shiny object that you need. And they didn't have any idea who they were going to actually focus on. And, and so now they've got a piece of equipment that they can't really use for what they need to do. Now, I would say no problem. It gets you into the business. Um, maybe you can offload that. Maybe somebody can buy that from you used or you know, you can have it there then. And when, as your, your niche comes back around and, and you start developing the things that you need from the niche that you can serve, you know, that piece of equipment might be used later on. So don't, don't beat yourself up over it, but go, yep, it's time to invest in something else to be able to go after that niche. But most people do it backwards, right? We're going to, oh, we need all the cool toys. We need to be able to do all of this. But the reality is you don't. What you need to do is figure out who you're going to work with. So hopefully um, that helps. And uh, let's get on in on some of these comments here. And, um, and Jeffrey says, also, I should say my niche is selling to people who need me. Absolutely. Um, and then Jerry asks, should we lock down and specialize to a specific printing process? Um, here's, here's the... Here's the answer to that question, Jerry. Yes and no, right? So not, not a great answer. When you break down into your niche, what technique you use will be determined by that niche. So your niche could be that you are the very best at being a screen printer. And, and that could very well be your niche. But your niche could also be that you work with a very specific group. I know in your case, you know, the hockey or the, or the school alumni, I, you know, I would pick one of those just like we talked about with Ramona and really focus on that to start. But then that niche might need you to be an embroiderer, a HTV person, a screen printer, kind of more of a, a, a jack of all trades, but let the niche determine that for you. Don't make that determination at the front end of it determine who your niche is first and then let them determine what it is that they need. And just because one person says, oh, I need this, doesn't mean you should go out and do it. Understanding very clearly that one, one person, right? And, and I know I'm, I'm simplifying this down to a point that seems almost absurd, but I look at this in a way that I want to talk to one specific person who 
it's that person that like, if I could have a hundred more of these people in my world, in my business, I would be happy and successful. Right. And so if I focus on that one person, the reality is there are a hundred other people like that out there. You just haven't been clear enough to speak to those people. Right. You've been speaking to everybody else around them and they're like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, Jerry seems like he'd be good to work with, but I'm not real sure what he does. And it's going to take a lot of time and energy for me to figure that out. So I'm just going to move on to the next person who is more clear about who they serve. Right. And, and, and that's what really happens to us. So I guess Jerry to, to finally answer that question is get out and be very specific to one, one group and then let them tell you what you need to be decorating. And then, like I said, just because you're, all hockey all the time doesn't mean that that's all you're going to be doing, right? Like I said, the hockey coach is going to talk to the football coach and you're going to get football jerseys or, you know, the hockey coach, the hockey mom is going to love all the stuff that they got. Oh, and by the way, I also happen to be a school alum and I'm heading up the, um, you know, the, the class reunion this year. Well, guess what? You're going to make class reunion shirts. If it fits your business, if, you can make the profit that you need to make and, and be successful with it. So niche is all about what we're going saying out. And then we allow to come in what's right, right? We still have to be able to say no to the stuff that doesn't serve us to the stuff. When your gut says, oh man, I don't know if this is going to work out. Your gut is right. 99.9% .9 of the time. Right. And, and so why not trust your gut and that 0.1% of the time that maybe it was off a little bit, you'll just learn and be able to do, do it differently the next time. But the reality is, if you don't listen to your gut, then you're going to have 99.9% .9 of the time that it doesn't work out, right? Why not flip that and, and listen to that gut and then say no to those projects that just don't really serve you. All right. So there we go. Um, yeah. The, and Jennifer, the, my niche is selling to people who need me, my expertise rather than a product. Absolutely. Um, so Jerry says, I'm always busy, but seem to never have time to do it all. And, and I, Jerry, just my opinion, again, like I was talking with Ramona about, this is my opinion and, and my opinion only. Um, but what I've seen over and over again, that people that get in that scenario that they're so busy, they've, they, they're first and foremost challenged with the fact that they haven't defined a niche, that they are trying to be everything to everybody, or they're, they're trying to be a lot to a lot of different groups, right? Because, oh, well, I could do this. I could do this. There's lots of great ideas out there. You could do a lot of things. I, I know you can do anything that you want to do, but focus on one thing at a time. And then see, as businesses evolve, that's where where you can then expand and go into different niche areas, right? So like I talked about with Ramona, where she's starting with this one area, but then as she revolves, as she becomes the best in that space, now she can go, okay, let's shift this a little bit. I'm going to use all the things I learned from that first time around. I'm going to have a, a very similar clear voice and message because who you are is never going to change. But now I'm going to talk to a different group of people and see how that goes. Right. And we're going to be looking at organizations or, or fun shirts or, or that type of thing a little bit more. And our marketing message is going to change slightly in, in that regard. The voice is still going to be the same. The values and the voice and all that stuff is still going to be the same. But now you're going to be trying to get into, you know, so maybe in best case, she goes from ranchers and now, you know, maybe the closely related group of, of farmers, right, or hunters or you know, there, there are some closely related groups. So now we can branch out a little bit more. You know, we've, we've really covered the, the ranchers and, and have feel like we're the best in that space. Okay. Well, let's now start talking in another space. You know, like, for example, I can see for me, I, I've kind of gone back and forth a lot, right? Um, decorators been in this for 22 years. I mean, I could talk with people like yourselves for hours on end and, and love it and, and never think twice about it. Right. But there's times where I understand that our industry does have a very low barrier to entry 
and people are very hesitant to invest in themselves to invest in foundation mindset because they're spending all of their money investing in screen print new toy dtf embroidery machine fancy marketing funnel click funnels this that the other thing they think that the foundation should just make itself so i i struggle with that at times because i do a lot of work inside of the canfield group which allows me to get out to a wider range of people um, because of the work that I do supporting Jack Canfield and his masterminds and some of that stuff. And I've had people say, well, Aaron, have you ever thought about going outside of your industry and, and focusing because what you're talking about, the foundational pieces of things works for every business. Exactly. It does. And so I've, I've struggled with that, but the reality is, the people I love talking to are the decorators. And so I have to stay the course. I have to figure out how to clarify my message more so that people realize that it's an investment worth making in themselves. Hi, I'm Kyleen, and you're listening to an episode of the Small Business Saturdays podcast. Do you want to subscribe to the Small Business Saturdays podcast? Head over to smallbusinesssaturdayspodcast.com there are tons of ways to subscribe. Click on your favorite and grab all the information about growing your small business. That's what I'm saying for you guys. Think about it in that same regard. How can you stay the course until you do become the very best in your space? And then you can start branching out to related groups. That's what I've got for you. What else we got? Any other questions, thoughts, comments, concerns? Thank you guys so much for being here with me this morning and taking this time to uh discuss niche marketing and, and why you need to have a niche. Uh, I, I'm very passionate about this. I, I feel very strongly about this. Therefore, I love talking about it. So that's what I've got for you this week, though. And then as far as next week goes, uh, Kyleen and I are going to be on the road. We're going to be out at Everything Embroidery Market in Chattanooga, Tennessee. So still going to figure out exactly timing and all other stuff. we got to take a look at the calendar now that we're back from Dax Tenley Park. It probably is going to be a little more impromptu, jumping on a, a live really quick, maybe even on the road or in a hotel room or something like that at, at a specific time. But we're going to talk about business owner mindset. Uh, Kylie and I get to present a presentation at Everything Embroidery Market, which we're calling business owner mindset and what, what that means. And so we'll, we'll kind of discuss some of the key points, key takeaways from that, maybe even some of the key questions and conversations we had around that at the show and, and just really kind of try to get into what business owner mindset really means and how we can adjust our mindset to give ourselves the very best chance for success. So that's what we're going to be talking about next week. But again, you have to kind of be flexible with me because we're, it's going to be a little impromptu because we will be traveling. We'll be on the road. Looking forward to that next week. And uh, Ramona says, thank you. I'm, I'm going to, again, make a better effort. Thank you for being there. Enjoy the event. Oh, I, I think you're making an incredible effort, Ramona. And I, I'm excited to see the new things that you do. And, and hopefully uh, some, some of those things that you took from that, that content class that I was able to present to you. Uh, really appreciate you being there. And as you know, Ramona, anytime you know you can reach out to me and uh, I am happy to help. And <laughs> as you can also tell, I'm always happy to share my opinion too, even when it's not asked for, but that's okay. Again, it's my opinion. You guys do with it what you want, but I'm always happy to share. All right, you guys love it so much. Thank you so much for being here. Can't wait to talk to you guys next week about business owner mindset. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Small Business Saturday Podcast. We appreciate having you as part of the community of listeners. Tune in for the live video sessions at facebook.com slash aaronmontgomery.info to become part of the active community. You can contact me directly at aaron at montcoconsulting.com. Thanks again for listening.